According to a new study, men who drink four to seven servings of alcohol per week are more fertile than men who do not drink. They're calling this study Irish people. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it's still okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just, my fake outrage tank was a little low. Let me fill it up <laughs> with some coffee. So it's still okay to unleash slurs against my people, to discriminate against the Irish. No Irish or dogs. You remember those signs? That discriminate, that's hate speech. Where are my reparations? I'll take them in gin. <laughs> the worst decision for security of our elections that you can imagine has been made. We'll talk about that coming up. What? Yep. I can't take any more stress. Just unbelievable. Stay tuned. Plus what Rand Paul said about the utterly now ridiculous John Brennan, former head of the CIA. Okay. Uh, that's, that's coming up, and it's good. So where were we? We were talking about the numbers behind the numbers. Oh, you want that? Yes, desperately. So this is the for. Do I we wonder- have a guest coming up? Yeah, we do. Oh, at, at this, quarter after. Oh, good. Sanctuary cities. All right, Steve Kastenbaum. That'll be good. Cool. So uh, first polling that has come out of the um, Russian summit. I wondered how this would uh, fly. Fifty-five percent disapprove. Um. It's. Not That's as overwhelming as I thought. Americans. Yeah, of everyone. It's 55 to 32. 32 approve, 55 disapprove of all Americans. They ask children? Uh, Just curious. I don't know. Okay. Um, and then when you break it down by party, it's obviously completely different. Democrats disapprove at a rate of 83%, where it's Republicans, it's only 21. The flip side is the approval of, of Democrats is 8%. Mm. 8% of Democrats. So about thought, half. Um, <laughs> Eight percent of Democrats thought, "Yeah, I thought that went great for for, for Trump yeah. in Russia." Sixty-eight percent of Republicans thought it was okay. Two out of three Republicans wow. thought it was fine. Wow! So all y'all are, are you angry at us or what? No, I, I think it's I it's care, a but... it's a pushing back against the media and everything right. else, right? Exactly. It's not a you actually believe that. You know, it's funny. I uh, and I'm desperate to. F- I've uh, I suggested everybody in my house read the short and brilliant tribe by Sebastian Younger. Uh, and and at least a couple took me up on it, and then apparently flushed it down the toilet, or sold it to gypsies, or or something. And I can't find it because I really want to reread it. I need to, but you should read it too. But it occurs to me because those numbers are inexplicable, unless you consider tribalism. But here's here's what I mean in this case: Why would you form a tribe in the first place? Maybe, you know, you're looking for a hot cave girl to breed with or a handsome, rugged cave dude who could bring down the mastodon and bring you some mastodon steaks. Yeah, but putting aside, like, the very, very, very basic stuff, it's for protection. That's why tribes formed was mutual protection. And so it occurs to me that a Republican who didn't feel tribal at all, and I felt this in myself, honestly, I'm not a Republican, but... um. Five years ago, you'd have looked at Trump's performance in Helsinki and said, wow, that was bad. That was bad. But when you're constantly under attack, you get tribal. Right, but how do you... So you say it was fine, it was great, because you know the attacks are coming from from vicious beasts like Mika Brzezinski and John Brennan. Yeah, but obviously things have changed in that there's no reason, there's no way to explain why Trump would have a higher 
percentage of approval among Republicans right. than Bush did or Reagan did. Or H.W., who was a thoroughly decent man. Right. Uh, so I think constant uh, attack. Well, I think our I think not that long ago, most of us felt like we were in the same tribe, America. And then you had your little splinter thing of right. uh, I'm a Republican or Democrat. Right. Um, so and, I, I think know, there's less of that now. It's just I'm a Republican or Democrat, you know, based on the polling we've seen of you wouldn't want your daughter to marry a Democrat or a Republican. If you know the opposite, where, whereas it was something nobody would even think of. 30, 40 years ago. Wasn't right. even on the radar. Now people specifically... It would be an amusing suggestion to even bring that up. Now it's you essential. You wouldn't know whether your daughter's fiancé was a Republican or Democrat. You wouldn't think to ask. Right. You wouldn't think about it at all. Can you imagine that world if you're younger? Yeah, that's the way it used to be. Is he straight? Is he employable? You're <laughs> the only question. It just wasn't a thing. Right. Right. Does he treat her well? Right. Yeah. So that that explains it. And isn't that an interesting tendency of human beings? There is, I mean, Donald Trump in some ways is doing a really, really good job. He he does not get enough credit for some of the progress we've made. On the other hand, there's plenty of stuff that's thoroughly in the what the hell folder. Well, him aside. And, and we have no idea how it's going to go. Well, no, my point is about Trump. There is, as you said, no reasonable reason why Republicans would rate him the highest any Republican president's been rated by Republicans. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to go away when Trump leaves office, our new tribalism to that level. I don't know. And so are these polls meaningless then? Is there no point in them? If we're just going to stick with our yes. tribe, we're yes. going to hate it because it's the other person or like it because it's our person, and no matter what, then these polls are now useless in terms of, that's did, an excellent point. Did a policy succeed or not? I don't think we got any indication of what Republicans think of Donald Trump's uh, performance in Helsinki from that poll that asked that question specifically. Right. We got no data on that. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is pretty interesting. Right, right. It's like a- asking a really angry person, how are you doing? I'm fine. Seriously, how are you doing? I'm fine. I went, okay. I went through that last I'm night. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm you, sorry don't, to, you don't. You don't seem to be fine. Sorry to. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry to bring that up. Uh, uh, the yeah, reverse exactly. would be this: well, Kavanaugh has got the least approval of any Supreme Court justice ever, Bingo. according to Gallup. This Thoroughly is the flip side. Fella. That poll d- gives you no indication of what Democrats think of Kavanaugh. Right. It's just I'm sticking with my tribe. My tribe is against this. Mm-hmm. It's not because of anything. Right. Yeah. Well, so these example. polls are now meaningless. Yeah. We don't get any info from them. Well, we get. The info we've been discussing. That we're more tribal than we've ever yeah, been. We get the big truth, Jack, instead of the little truth. <laughs> I'm Joe Getty. Every picture I see of the Russian spy chick, she yeah. looks completely different. I know. Is that and Fox News failed last night. They went with the headline about this gal. And I said to Judy, watch this. She is she is the Red Sparrow. This is amazing. Every picture of her is a different, like, sexy sort of woman. I mean, it's amazing. And then they show one picture of her looking businesslike. Look at this. Fox, you're, you're, the, you're the network with girls in tiny skirts with oiled legs. <laughs> How do you miss that? Here's another picture of her. She looks oh. different. She looks different than the other three pictures I've seen of her. Irma Gerd. Where she's all dolled up. Yeah. She is that part of the spy thing, the ability to look complete. I wonder if they oh, do yeah. a profile on people. Yes. Wow, did you see the guy she was sexing up? The Republican she was sexing up hoping to get info. Yeah. Kind of a pudgy bald guy. 
No, poor deluded son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, easy mark. Saw so, yeah. him from across yep. the room. Hey, yep. Yep. there's the security flaw. <laughs> that lonely sack on the other side of the room right. that nobody is standing within five feet of. Oh, that reminds me. Give it ten me. minutes, then just ask for all of America's secrets, because he'll give them up. That reminds me of the new theory on incels, the people that, uh, oh, the involuntary celibate crowd. Yeah. Got that coming up. There's a new theory? Yeah. Uh, yeah, justifying it in a way. Hmm. But uh, I'll well, get back right. to that they later. Were, they were like a big deal for a cup of coffee. Well, they've killed Somebody a whole bunch of people. people. Yeah, yeah. That's right. A yeah. couple of mass shootings over right. there. Right. Um, uh, did she do a profile on people, though, and figure out what type you like and then become that type, I wonder? Because she has a completely different look. I wonder if they did some sort of figured out you're into, like, go through past girlfriends or right. whatever. And Well, there she looks like a pageant winner or a Vogue model. You like, know, top she... of the... Then then we've seen pictures of her where she looks like a, a college freshman saying, teach me about sex. <laughs> and then she got a blonde look going in a cowboy hat. Right. Oh. And yeah, depending <laughs> on who. Right. And keep your eyes. Do you know who she looks like in that picture? Ah! <laughs> she looks like Melania in that picture. Yeah, she does. Which some people believe Melania is the ultimate Red oh, Sparrow. Wow. You can say my name. I'm standing right here. <laughs> Broadcast that's reports. Sean, that's Sean's suggested. Sean's theory, Melania, the greatest Red Sparrow of She's all time. She's the LeBron James of Red Sparrows. <laughs> wow. So uh, that's that's unkind, Sean, and, and, and harshly judgmental. So, um... The sanctuary city thing. Cities declaring, uh, we're immune to federal law and we're going to go our own way. Will it stand? Can it stand? We'll have a report on the sanctuary city's lawsuit that's moving through the courts. Any comments on the tribalism? Are polls useless now? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you going to start getting emergency alerts on your Netflix and your Spotify? Some um, uh, people in government think that that should happen. Oh, so I'm doing a little Netflix and chill, but actually Netflix and chilling mm-hmm. with my wife, and all of a sudden a message pops up. Listen to music on danger, Spotify. Danger, danger. Right. Get your Amber Alert or we're under attack from ISIS or whatever. Oh, not again. Uh, wow, how interesting. Yeah. Oh, speaking of ISIS, uh, they are resurgent in Iraq. As it turns out, we'll be talking to Liz Sly of the Washington Post about that. Well, she's our Middle East expert in general. Yeah, which she, I really yeah, like. Absolutely terrific. Um, right now, though, I'm told we have a guest. It's not clear to me that we do. I'm going to let this hang out there <laughs> as a punishment. Who are you? To, pun- to those... What, Michael? Who are... The question would be, who are you trying to punish? Those who should have had the guest lined the, up in time. The evildoers. I am not going to cover... I'm not going to be an enabler. I gotcha. All right. Steve Kastenbaum, Westwood One, joins us. The whole sanctuary city thing is... 
now working its way through the courts, or has begun to at any rate. Stephen, uh, welcome. What's the latest? So, to refresh everyone's memories, uh, a while back, the Justice Department at Jeff Sessions, they were uh, threatening to withhold certain security grants from the, uh, New York City, from New York State, and, and many other municipalities that uh, are so-called sanctuary cities that aren't complying with requests for information about illegal immigrants that enter the justice system that right. get arrested. Much as uh, I right. was trying to punish our producers. Exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but please so go they, on. Uh, so those cities, those municipalities, those cities and states, they all said that you can't do this. This is illegal. You're holding uh, federal funds hostage uh, in order to force us to carry out a federal mandate. And they're alleging that this is illegal. Uh, now they've finally got the court over this. And there's some precedence uh, that's actually in the favor of these so-called sanctuary cities, uh, because during the Obama years, the, uh, a bunch of red states went to federal court and sued the Obama administration, saying, you know, you're forcing us to comply with certain aspects of the Affordable Care Act, and if we don't, you're withholding federal funds from us. You're ah. holding those funds hostage. The judges ruled in the favor of the states. And, and so now there's some precedent for this, and that's why these, uh, uh, you know, mostly blue uh, areas are going against uh, the Trump administration in court with that precedent behind them. And my apologies uh, for any noise behind me here. I'm in New York City covering a story out in the street. No, so, qu- quite all right. Sure. Yeah. My understanding of the law is that if you're going to withhold federal funds, it has to be directly applicable to what you are talking about. I mean, if the states right. refuse to, uh, I don't know, to pave their streets, you're not going to give them highway money, that sort of thing. Exactly. The funding, the, the policy has to be directly related to the funds. You know, you get these funds if you do these things associated with the funds. It's only to be used for this uh, specific uh, act or, or project. Uh, in this case, here in New York at least, they're saying that, hey, these funds are used for uh, protecting us against terrorism has nothing to do with immigration policy. Uh, so it would be illegal to withhold it from us, and a lot of the other uh, jurisdictions are saying the same thing. And so we're in early days at this point? The suits have just been filed? That's right. The suit okay. has just been filed. This has been a long time in coming. Uh, and quite frankly, it's a little surprising that it has taken this long to get to this point. Okay, well, we'll be following it for many, many weeks to come, I would suspect. Steve Kastenbaum, Westwood One, joining us from New York City. Steve, thanks a million. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Here's, here's what I don't like about the way the law works. Okay, so this is not the case that's going to fix the sanctuaries. This could go to the Supreme Court. It still would only be about the can you with you hold funds. Right. I want. I wish the law worked this way, where you could just go to the Supreme Court and say, the whole sanctuary city thing, is that okay or not? Yeah. And and then they just jaw about that and, and decide, as opposed to you have to have a particular case. Because this is just about the funding part. No, can you do this or not? Yeah. Can cities or states or counties make up their own immigration policy or not? You and know this case is not going to solve that. You know, it's hilarious. I'm picturing you in your, what is that, the Flash t-shirt? Yes, I'm your wearing t- a Flash t-shirt, Target $7. Honor of Comic-Con or... Uh, it was next in line in my t-shirt drawer. Ah, uh, and your jean jacket. You walk in the, the, the giant doors of the Supreme Court. Some, some people call this look the Tennessee tuxedo, the jean jacket and jeans, especially with cowboy boots. There's some sort of hipster irony with a Flash t-shirt and a jean jacket. <laughs> Tennessee and it ain't on purpose. Tennessee Tuxedo <laughs> was uh, one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. You ever watch oh, that? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Chumley. Um, so anyway, was that? Uh, it doesn't matter. Let's not get too far down that tangent. <laughs> uh, so there you are in your Tennessee Tuxedo. <laughs> Gee, Tennessee. Um, and and you go before the Supreme Court, and uh, what did you just say? This sanctuary city thing. 
can we do this or not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then you walk out, and the justices get to justicing. Well, I mean, have, that, that would be great to me. And you have lawyers on each side arguing their thing. Nah, all aspects that's a of waste it. of time. You ask the question. Yeah, we'll give you a week. Yeah, that's You got true. clerks and stuff. Yeah, they, they, they do other research. Right. And the justices would disagree, so they would each do plenty of research, and then to combat that, you would do your own research. So, yeah, that would take care of it. But that's what we got to get to. That's... That's obviously what's going to happen. Why do we have to wait 15 years or however long it's going to take before we get there? Or if we had an actual Congress, they could just pass a law that made it clear. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, we're considering that as part of uh, comprehensive immigration reform. Are you now? Which we're expecting to be uh, voted on in roughly 2044. The year 2044. 2144. Yeah. Yeah. Bipartisan bill, the Ready Act. Do you want this? You're watching your Netflix, and all of a sudden you get the whoop, whoop, whoop. This is a report. This is a report. We are under attack from ISIS, or there is an Amber Alert, or whatever they're going to use it for. A tornado is headed your way. Do you want that on everything you got? Well, yes. Do you do? uh, You want to be interrupted uh, no matter what you're doing? Some of it. Some of it, yes. Some of it, no. So that this is a bipartisan idea that if you're on Netflix, Spotify, whatever you're on, you'll get the emergency alert. Boy, I'm not entirely comfortable with this. The government will be able to message me at all times for their purposes. It's like the highway signs that yeah. started off fiery wreck ahead. Slow down quickly. Save yourselves. And now is, you know, various don't drive drunk. Okay, fine. Buckle your seatbelts. What do you do? You stop paying attention to those signs because. Right. Yeah, it's just PR stuff now. I don't know. They they think that somehow this will lessen the likelihood of that. God, remember this story? I'd forgotten it already. (laughs) In Hawaii, they announced we're under attack. I thought, holy crap. Right. And the guy, it was wrong. But well, that will lessen the chance of that. I don't understand how is that going to be. I don't understand how that will help. But that's that's what drove. It would this. just give the false message broader yeah, uh, scope. Yeah, it's still going to give some bureaucrat drone right. greater reach. But you're still going to have a drone. One of my drones in sector four. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's so little that the government does well. Number really. Up. Number of people on the text line uh, arguing over whether or not the Russian spy is hot or not. I, I don't have time for that discussion. But. Please, that's an idiotic discussion. You think? <laughs> oh. Well, I just, I, and it's it's such a dumb guy thing. I didn't like it when I was 14. No, I didn't either. The whole, some dude who'd be lucky to get a date with anybody pronouncing how some chick is a dog. Yeah, we get the subtext because you're such a stud. You make those pronouncements, and that fits she'd in. Be lucky to have you, et cetera, et cetera. That All fits right. in with my incel it's exhausting. update. That fits in with my incel update. It's really? pretty damned interesting. All right. Yeah. The winners and losers of the sexual revolution. Huh. It's really interesting. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Vladimir Putin and Sean Spicer weighing in on the Russian meddling controversy. We got the latest of the move to subpoena the Trump Putin meeting translator and a major breakthrough in the fight against one of the most aggressive cancers around. Next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. attacks in the news again on the east coast yeah. so getting lots of attention yeah boy shark attacks usually mean a big story's coming right <laughs> when we're starting to focus on shark attacks yeah 
Yesterday it was beat the dangers of beach umbrellas. Right. It means we're, uh, we're, we're, we've got a September 10th mindset now, people. Or it means it's summer on the East Coast, which is where 90% of the media comes from. So they're thinking about what they're doing. Yeah, there you go. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, now we got Russian President Vladimir Putin weighing in, saying his first summit with President Trump was successful, and he's accusing Trump's opponents in the U.S. of hampering any progress on the issues they discussed. Putin telling, Which may be true, but he's a professional liar and murderer, and forgetting that for a minute is a fatal mistake. Putin telling Russian diplomats today that the U.S.-Russian relations are in some ways worse than during the Cold War, but that his meeting with Trump Monday allowed them to, quote, start on the path to positive change. I was watching uh, last night some of the Putin-Oliver Stone show. Have you seen any of that? It was like a number of parts. It was many, many hours. It aired on Showtime originally. Yeah. It's available on YouTube if yeah, you want to watch it. have a memory of that. How long ago did that come out? Uh, two years, I'm thinking. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. And uh, Oliver Stone's a wackadoo. I mean, he's a complete wackadoo. Yep. Um, and, and treats Putin like a, uh, well, uh, like not what he is. But it's pretty damned interesting. I mean, there's lots of stuff Putin talking about his upbringing and his mom and what it was like in the KGB and the falling apart of Russia and where he was at the time. And it's, if you want to know more about Putin, it's a show worth watching. Hmm. Meanwhile, during an interview we did with CBS last night, uh, Jeff Floor was asking President Trump a number of questions, including this one. Do you agree with U.S. intelligence that uh, Russia meddled in the election in 2016? Yeah, but, and I've said that before, Jeff. I have said that uh, numerous times before, and uh, I would say that that is true, yeah. But you haven't condemned Putin specifically. Do you hold him personally responsible? Well, I would, because he's in charge of the country, just like I consider myself to be responsible for things that happen in this country. So certainly, as the leader of a country, you would have to hold him responsible, yes. Well, that is obvious, self-evident, and <clears throat> should silence a lot of Trump's critics. It won't. That's not very exciting tape. You won't hear that on all the other networks. Meanwhile, we've got former press secretary Sean Spicer getting involved in the brouhaha, talking about the Russian meddling controversy on the Today Show. He's trying to help clear up the president's stance on the situation. I know what the president believes. I know that he understands that Russia meddled in our election. I also believe that he tries to, as a dealmaker, as a non-politician, he wants to get a deal with Russia. Spicer going on to add. He's the ultimate salesman. I think he talks about it in his books, how he uses uh, hyperbole to sell issues, and, and that's how he is. He's a salesman and a negotiator and a businessman. There you go. He wants a deal. Clearly. Speaking of watching a YouTube, so I was watching Trump on Letterman from 1987. Right. Uh, when he was in his early 40s. And uh, as has been discussed here in other places, he, he sounds a lot different in some ways. Very reasonable. Very reasonable, very calm. Slept out to me. Yeah. Very calm, very, uh, very uh, sharp. A considered guy. But, well, he, he was clearly thinking very carefully about what he said. But he, um, he went on and on about the trade imbalance on Letterman. Mm-hmm. He went on right. and on about the trade imbalance with various countries, particularly Japan, because at the time in the 80s, everybody thought Japan was going to take over the world. But... He's been on that issue for a long time. Yep. And Trump talked, and and uh, Letterman asked him if he's going to run for office. He says, no, I don't think I want to do that, but I want to push people in this direction because it's a big deal, and we're getting our, our lunch eaten by all these other countries. So that's been his thing for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. 
The move to go ahead and subpoena the translator in the private Trump-Putin meeting is falling flat in the House. The Republican-led House Intelligence Committee rejecting a notion by Democrats to issue the subpoena to the woman who served as Trump's interpreter. So that move, that move is going absolutely nowhere, it looks like. Okay, good. There, listen, and again, if you're not familiar with this, you might not understand how ridiculous a notion this is, but... I mean, there have been many, many private meetings between presidents, secretaries of state, etc. Important officials who make and execute American foreign policy. And and there have been translators in most of those meetings. And and you don't subpoena them. That's just not something you do. Now, listen, I've suggested we need to know. I've heard, you know, Mark Warner and and, 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 uh, Schumer and everybody else saying, we need to know if the president reached some sort of secret deal. With the Russians. Well, you gotta show me probable cause before you're gonna do something as, excuse me, wildly unprecedented as dragging a translator before Congress just to ask what the president say, then what Putin say. We don't do that. Researchers in Australia say they have developed the first blood test that can detect the most aggressive kangaroo. What? The most? I thought you were gonna say kangaroo. No. The most Australian aggressive. researchers, I thought they only worked on kangaroos. No, no. <laughs> I got like dingoes and stuff, too. <laughs> this Good is point, a, Sean. This is, a blood test, this is a blood test that can detect the most aggressive form of skin cancer. I mean, Nothing really counts a, so much as blood. It's really a whole bunch of marsupials. We're on to cancer now, Sean. Oh. I think the time for those jokes is probably over. Cancer this, and kangaroos are people. The scientists Apparently say that... it's not over. <laughs> the scientists say... The test can detect melanoma in its early stages with a high degree of accuracy, and they say that means the test can speed up diagnosis and save thousands of lives. Can I take that test once a week? Well, that's what I was going to say. So do we, t- do we all get the test every Monday, or how does that work? Because it moves so fast. Right. Right. It makes it all the more important, but by the time, speaking of probable cause, I have probable right. cause to take that test... Right. Would it be too late? I don't, yeah. Well, this is obviously progress, but we have many questions, Marshall. Indeed. And I'm not hearing a lot of answers. Indeed. The test, they say, can be used internationally within five years. I do not have a direct answer to how often you have to take that test. Okay. What's a wallaby? Is that like a kangaroo? It's like a little kangaroo, isn't it? Huh. They're adorable is what I they mean. are. They'd be cute. A little kangaroo? Can you get one of those? Oh, yeah. I've got All a couple right, at home. Really? Chad, you got one of those? Yeah. That's yeah, okay. a tiny kangaroo. There you go. Tiny kangaroos. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> Here's what you do. You get a wallaby craze going. And then you, because you run out of them, you start selling regular kangaroo babies as wallabies. <laughs> and they grow up to be, you know, 450 pounds and beat the hell out of you. Just like the potbelly pig craze. Uh, of the, what was that, the 90s? Oh, yeah. Uh, right. right. Yeah, if that was now, we would have one because uh, my wife's into all the animals. Oh, yeah. Because we got, she's going to get a couple of more of the doll-faced sheep or whatever they are that are a craze right now among some people. Wow. They are the cutest sheep you've ever seen. All right. But, uh. Uh, you know how I like my sheep? On a plate. <laughs> they don't do much other than stand around and be cute. Yeah. What's the harm, Some I guess? Some people have made a living at that. Standing around being cute? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you, Ryan Seacrest. So I want to talk about this incel thing, which is kind of interesting. There have been a couple of uh, terrorist attacks. Well, they're not terrorists. Mass shootings. Yes. Because of those nut jobs. Do they have a point, according to some people? Not for the murders. Well, thank you. Obviously. 
Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You remember the 2000 elected election hanging chads and whatnot? How could I forget? Uh, what do we do? We uh, we uh, Nothing or overreact is the way things generally go. Overreaction was doing away with paper ballots everywhere. That was not the problem. <laughs> They've been fine forever. They're the least hackable way of having an election ever. But we overreacted partially because people who make these ex- expensive pieces of equipment lobbied the government to say, yeah, yeah, you need to go electronic, and this only costs $100,000, and you need to buy 50 of them. Right. It was Um, a brilliant recognition of an opportunity to exploit politicians to soak the taxpayers. And dumb citizens who weren't paying much attention. Right. Electronics got to be better. Why? Uh, Anyway, the top voting machine maker in the country, the top, who sold the most pieces of equipment, finally admitted, after having denied it a number of times, Admitted in a letter to Congress that yeah the uh, the these are uh, uh, accessible remotely. Uh, there is software that you can access these remotely. Oh these, boy, these, these machines. Wow. They've been denying this. Turns out you can. So have you ever had like a tech support issue where you're on the phone with the company, all of a sudden they just have remote access to your computer and they're moving your mouse around yep. the screen, stuff yep. like that. So that's the software that was installed in these things. These voting the point machines being just... you can get to them from the outside, and they were claiming you couldn't, but they they had they got caught, and now they had to admit that you can. Wow. The top voting machine maker in the country <laughs> got a little more information on that, but that could be. You think the Russians know that or? <laughs> Yeah, I think it may have occurred to them. <sighs> Better than paper ballots. Okay. So came across this the other day. I thought it was really interesting. I'm into this um, uh, French writer, Michel Welbeck. I've mentioned his book, Submission, before. Because you're better than us. He was the guy who was on the cover of uh, Charlie Hebdo magazine the day the uh, scumbags went in and shot up all the people there in France. He's very controversial. He is the He's the most popular and controversial controversial author in france mm, yeah because he writes about islam and stuff like that but another one of his topics in his latest book uh, almost every character in his books is a guy who can't get sex and um sounds like he needs the uh, tinder app or something it's a topic of his <clears throat> and um yeah i still haven't read that that book dang it it's worth reading it's, there are too it's, many books it's the not, and it's not long not long easy read it's not like uh, homework assignment. And what's it called again? Submission. Okay. I was anyway, really thinking you'd say Moby Dick. Thank you for actually answering me. He, this, this is on the and this was on the the topic of incels. So this is the involuntarily celibate who have found a way to get together on internet sites, and a lot of them are really really angry, including the guy who ran down all those people up in Canada a few weeks back and killed a bunch of people, guy in Southern California who shot up a bunch of people, and there are a couple of more attacks, including the the Parkland school shooting. He might have been an incel, because they found some stuff on his site where he mentioned the SoCal shooter as a hero of his. Yeah. The key aspect is these people get together and they convince each other that they are victims of evil people who should be hurt. And that is because they can't get sex. Right. But um, Michelle Wellback's point and uh, and Jordan Peterson, who I really like, is getting some blowback for agreeing with this to a certain extent. 
Uh, it doesn't justify the killing. It's just pointing out something that exists, yes. why some people are angry. <clears throat> the sexual revolution of the 1960s, widely seen as a liberation movement, is better understood as the intrusion of capitalist values into the previously sacrosanct realm of intimate life. Everybody used to pair up. Everybody got married to someone. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot less free sex just sleeping around, so that didn't really exist. Whereas now, a lot of people don't get married, and you have sex with whoever you want. But like capitalism, there are winners and losers. There are people in capitalism, you don't have any talents, you're not real smart. You're lazy. And you're lazy, and you don't do very well. Mm -hmm. What he's basically saying is in the free sex world, there are people that aren't very attractive, don't have very attractive personalities, and they can't get sex. And they, those losers didn't used to exist. And mm-hmm. now you do have a, a group of people out there that are very unhappy with the sexual revolution. It wasn't good for them yeah, in any way. Yeah, He said, there are men that make love every day. There are others five or six times in their life or never. And those losers are very angry about that situation. And, not, and you're not, not using loser in an insulting no, you know, in no. way. It's winners and losers. And, yeah. And, right. At the yeah. game of getting sex. Right. Yeah. Um. And Jordan Peterson talked about that a little bit, sympathizing with the notion that the sexual revolution, like the free market revolution, has created a class of winners and losers and that the losers have a legitimate grievance against the current culture. Not to go shoot people or be angry at the women or whatever, but that that this whole free love thing, hey, this isn't good for me. Right. This is the perfect example of the idiocy of the uh, Wolf Blitzer clip that we ran for a while. Good thing or bad thing. Good thing or bad thing. Evidently, some producer or, or executive at CNN decided that that would be their theme. Um, a lot of things are n- not a good thing or a bad thing, or they're both simultaneously. They're just a true thing, and they're worth knowing. It's just kind of interesting. It wouldn't have existed a hundred years ago, really. Everybody got married, and maybe within your own marriage, you had you know a lot of sex or little to no sex but you wouldn't have talked about it much or known it and you wouldn't have compared it to everything you see on tv or your single friends are going out and having sex with different people every weekend all or the any, time or yeah. any of that right i don't think everybody like i don't know there were there had to be people who were not marryable even back in the no, quote he's, unquote. Uh, we're, we're over generalizing okay and there was plenty of extramarital sex there was plenty of premarital sex more yeah. than people admitted to but it wasn't quite so egregious it wasn't quite so in your face all the time For, well, people people would keep it quiet it's from my and again my experience of this is probably exclusively watching mad men but it just seemed like <laughs> More sex was being had, but it was the men who were having it. I wouldn't right? with sexual... each other. You're no, no, saying no. there were a lot of gay men in the fifties? I don't no. understand. No, no, they would have their their marriages, and then they would have their work mistresses, or they'd be traveling sure. for business, and they'd have their affairs on the road. And right. I'm not sure how much uh, the super successful New York crowd relates to the rest of the country right. in that period of time. I don't think my dad and his friend's lifestyle was quite the same as the Mad Men of uh, Manhattan. Right, exactly. Yeah, and there are many, many more of them than than them. Right. Plus, you know, I would point out that those guys were having sex with women. So, I mean, <laughs> if you get my point. Um, Maybe their wives weren't having lots of sex, but some women were. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. No, clumsy phrasing on my part. Oh, yes. no, that's right. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, the yeah. Capitalist values into the world of sex, and there are winners and losers. And you don't have a, you weren't born with the skill set to succeed in the in this. 
Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting notion. And, um, uh, you know, it, it reminds me a little bit of, um, I don't know, maybe it's just the way your brain is made, or I don't know if it's... Uh... Jordan Peterson got killed by the whole New York Times people who follow on Twitter crowd of for course. that because he said it like a week ago in a speech or something. Right, yeah, of course. It, it reminds me, and, and it's kind of an ideological flip here, you have plenty of, of us who actually want to understand what's going on with Islamic fundamentalism. Um, and I'm vehemently, over. I'm, I'm crazy anti-Islamist. I think political Islam is a recipe for oppression, death, hate, subjugation of women, the repression of truth, science. It's, it's, it's a scourge on the earth. But I want to know what motivates it. I'm interested in that. And, and occasionally I'll bring that up and people will say, it sounds like you're sympathizing with them. All right. All right. So what did Rand Paul do? Uh, Rand Paul came out strong and said stuff about John Brennan stronger than what I've said, and I've said some strong stuff. Uh, coming up, a report from the Middle East on the Armstrong and Getty Show. On the great Liz Sly, yeah. Can't wait for that. Um, we like talking to her about the Middle East anytime. There's been a resurgence of Iraq and a number of, or of, uh, of ISIS in a number of places, which what? is frightening. So stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.